take your Bibles now and turn together to Colossians 3, 17. Colossians 3, we're going to look at verse 17 tonight. This is a well-known verse. Some of you may have memorized it before. And we're just diving into Colossians midstream. But I've finished my time in First and Second Kings considering Elijah. My plan is to look together uh, beginning in July at some of the I am sayings of Jesus in John's gospel. Uh, but tonight, before we get to that, we're going to uh, take a look at this one verse here in Colossians 3 that is beautiful and challenging and, and wonderful, and I hope that our time together tonight considering it will be fruitful. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 12 down through verse 17. And then also verse 23 and 24, you'll see a little bit more of the context here in Colossians chapter 3. Let's give our attention to God's word once again. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then verse 23, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Let me just read verse 17 one more time, which is our focus tonight. Verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. You're challenging us, you're calling us tonight to do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to you. And so we pray that even now as we hear your word, that we would do this with thankfulness And in the name of Jesus, in light of all he is and all he has done, and for his glory. And so, Lord, we pray that you would instruct us and correct us and guide us and teach us and give us life by your word now. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to imagine tracking how you spend every hour in this week ahead, tracking how you spend every hour in this coming week. And along with that, 
recording every single word. It's a little bit of a scary thought, isn't it? Well, God does not track these things. He simply knows them all. He knows all your thoughts, all your words, all of your actions. And yet, if you are his by faith, he loves you. And he forgives you in Christ. He calls you his children. And he wants you to learn to live under the lordship of Jesus in everything you do. In whatever you do. Living by his power according to his word and for his glory. Paul was writing to the church at Colossae from prison. He didn't know all of them. He couldn't go to them at that point. He couldn't walk with them. He couldn't answer every single question. He couldn't give advice to them on every word or deed. But he also knew they didn't need a list of man-made rules to live a growing Christian life. But they did need a framework. And they needed a foundation. And they had that in Jesus, in their union with Christ. Their life in Christ. And he's explained that at great length in other parts of Colossians. But now in this verse, he calls them and he calls us, he calls you tonight, to be ever mindful of Jesus as Lord and Savior and as your life and to let that touch every area of your life. To live and grow in line with that foundation, in light of that reality. People of God, here in Colossians, God calls you to Christ alone as the preeminent Lord, as the one and only Savior. He wants your faith to be fixed on Him, and He wants your lives to be shaped by Him. Not just in some parts of your life, but in everything, in all that you are and all that you do. Friends, do you understand that? Do you believe that? Uh, Will you seek this out? Are you seeking this out? That's really the, the challenge and the call to each of you tonight from God's word that you need to hear and wrestle with and receive with faith and seek to live out. Because Jesus is Lord and Savior, God calls you to do everything through him and for him, constantly giving thanks to God. In light of the fact that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you are to do everything in him and through him and for him and to him, always giving thanks to God. Well, let's consider that more together in detail as we look at this verse. And I want you to see first in verse 17 that God is not just concerned with certain compartments of life. He is concerned with and must be Lord over everything you do. Let's think about that first together tonight. Everything you do. Look again with me at verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything... In the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17 is a key 
summary statement and transition statement here in Colossians. Paul has been writing and giving them concrete actions to take uh, to grow in Christ, uh, both positive and negative. And he goes into some specifics uh, in the home and in the society after this verse. But here in verse 17, he gives a foundational principle that undergirds everything. He gives a basic overarching principle. It's not a detailed list. It's not a how-to manual. But rather, he's saying, brothers and sisters, if you get this, it will guide everything you do. It will inform whatever you do. When I was younger, I used to be a roofer uh, in, in my summers. And there are a lot of details to doing a roof properly. But the best fundamental principle, the best advice I was ever given that guided me and helped me in properly installing roofs was this. And it's going to sound kind of silly and simple, but just listen. This was the principle. Pretend you are a raindrop and try to get in. Pretend you're a raindrop and try to get in. If you got that concept and knew how to apply it, you were well on your way to being a good roofer and being able to effectively install a roof. Well, I give that example because Paul gives us a similar fundamental guiding principle. It's much more serious and much more important. But it's an all-inclusive principle. He says, whatever you do. He says the same thing in verse 23. Whatever you do. If it wasn't clear enough, he adds the words, in word or in deed. Any word you speak, any action you take, any choice that you make, all of this matters to God. God is saying to the Colossians, he's saying to you tonight, there's no time or place or situation, or circumstance, or activity, or attitude, or words that I do not see, that I am not concerned about, that that doesn't fall under my authority. All of life must be brought into conformity to Christ. The Colossians, and you and I, if we belong to the Lord, are always in Christ. We're always united to Christ. You can't turn that on or off. You can't put it on hold. It touches everything. It goes with you everywhere. Darkness, distance, time, space, none of these interfere or interrupt with that fundamental relationship. A Christian is a Christian always, whether in Colorado Springs or New York City or Nairobi. It's not just when the Bible is open. It's not just when you're praying or pastor is preaching. It's not just in certain times or places. To be a Christian, to be in Christ, Paul is telling us here by the Spirit, is all-encompassing. It is utterly transformative. It is a relationship and a reality that touches everything. It's not a list. It is not a philosophy. It's not an idea. 
It's not rules of man as the Colossians were being wrongly taught. It is a constant, all-encompassing reality, an all-encompassing relationship and permanent identity that affects everything. It's, It's like your DNA is physically. No matter what you say or do, no matter where you go, nothing can change your DNA on the cellular level. You carry that with you for life, and it impacts everything. Well, that is in a small way what what Paul is telling us here. There's no sacred, secular divide. There's no common, neutral territory and then religious territory. There's no, well, well, my religion is private. I'm a Christian here, but not there. Whatever, whatever you do or say, wherever you go, Whatever in, in everything you do, this is to be distinctly Christian. You are to live by principle as a people owned by and united to Christ in everything. Your life in Christ is entirely a gift from God. Your life in this world is an entirely a gift from God. You sleep and wake and the sun rises each day because He is Lord and creator and sustainer of the universe. Time and eternity and all things are in his hands. He's working all things together for your good and his glory. And he calls you to know that and to live in light of that. To think and to act consistent with all he is and does and with who he has made you now in Christ. There are 168 hours in a week. And God says here, he he gives them to us. But he says they are for me. They are for my glory, to be used in my way, for my name. And friends, whatever you do with those hours, whatever you do with the life God has given you, whether it's sleeping or eating, driving, cooking, cleaning, Reading, working, studying, relaxing, talking, writing, resting, playing, singing, dancing, thinking, crying, fixing. Whatever you do, God wants it all. Everything for him, through him, and to him. Everything belongs to him. He calls you to honor him in everything. Well, we could wrap it up right there and have a lot to think about and seek to apply. Uh, The implications of this are vast. But our verse goes on, and I want to look at more of what this says. Because God claims and is concerned with everything you do, a second tonight, you are to do everything in the name. You are to do everything in the name, the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at our verse again. Whatever you do in word or or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want you to think about that name with me briefly. It's a very familiar name to most of you, and we probably pass over it just very quickly. But, But what is this name? The Lord Jesus. Well, the title Lord refers to the fact that Jesus is the divine, preeminent, 
absolute sovereign. Everything belongs to him. He exercises complete, unlimited authority. He has absolute power. He upholds the universe by his power. He is above all rule and authority and power on heaven and on earth. He is the creator and heir of all things. Jesus is Lord. How often are you mindful of that fact? Jesus is Lord. Because he's Lord, everything you do is to be done in and for and under that name. He is your Lord, your King. You owe him your allegiance and your service and your life. He is also Jesus. That name, Jesus, is very significant. It means the Lord saves. And you know why he's been given that name. He's named Jesus because he is the Savior who would save his people from their sins. And if you are his by faith tonight, he has saved you. He's saved you from hell. He's freed you and saved you from slavery to sin and death. He's brought you from death to life, eternal life. And so all you do is to be done in light of that. In his name, Jesus, Savior, the only Savior. Peter said in Acts 4.12, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Paul is saying to you here tonight, everything you do is to be done in and by and through and for and under this awesome name, Lord Jesus, the one and the only Lord and Savior. The Colossians, you and I, everything we do, Every word you say, every thought, every action must be done with respect to and in submission to the supreme lordship of the only Savior. Abraham Kuyper once said, some of you may, may have heard this before, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. Let me read that again. There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Brothers and sisters, does the all-encompassing reality of Jesus as Lord and Savior make a difference in your life, in who you are, in how you act, what you say, how you use your time, you better believe it. It must. Uh, It does. Now, when you act in the name of someone else, you represent them. You act under their authority and by their power. You act on their behalf and for their good. And in the Bible, names are very significant. A name is who someone is. It is their revealed character and reputation. Well, Jesus is the revealed Lord and Savior. 
And Paul is saying, act in that name. In everything you do and all that you say, act as, as those who bear Jesus' name. As those who are in union with him, under his rule and reign. Act in accord with his character and his wishes on his behalf, by his power and for his glory. Kids, maybe you've heard parents say before to to their children when they leave home or when they go out to an activity, remember who you are. Uh, Remember you're a, a Smith or a Jones or whatever the last name might be. Everywhere you go, you bear that name, like it or not. You represent the family, and so you're expected to act in conformity with who you are, with who you belong to, with, how, with who you've been raised, to represent the family well, consistent with their values and goals and, and expected behavior. And that's not ultimately to, to bring honor to the family name. It's to bring honor to the Lord. Companies train their employees to do the same thing. This is a little bit of what Paul is telling us to do as those who are now in the family of God, belonging to the Lord, saved by Jesus, bearing his name, baptized into his name as we saw this morning. Wherever you go, whatever you do, remember Jesus your Lord and Savior. Represent him. Obey him. Serve him. Act in his name and for his name. Everything you do as a Christian, you are to do by the strength of the Lord Jesus, united to him. You are to do it in obedience to him as his subject and servant. You are to do it all for him, representing him, working heartily for him, As verse 23 says, Paul is telling you tonight by the Spirit, if you are in Christ, you must no longer live for yourself, by yourself, according to yourself. You are living now for, by, and according to Jesus. And I want you to search your heart tonight as you think about this and hear this. And ask, by what standard and for what purpose am I living? What what guides and directs and underlies everything that I say and do? Am I living for myself? Are there areas of my life where I'm living for myself? According to my standards. Am I living for others according to their standards? Am I acting as Savior and Lord in parts of my life? Brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus is who you must live for. Who you must live through and to. And this is an awesome privilege. You get to serve the supreme Savior and Lord of the universe. Now a lot of this is likely not new for most of you. And, and it could be easy tonight to hear this and leave and think, well, that, that was a nice principle. I needed reminded of that. I agree. I, I'd like to do that. I'm trying. But when the rubber meets the road, when it gets to the particulars of life, we can be very good at making excuses. We can think or, or say to ourselves, Jesus is Lord, but this is harmless. 
The Bible doesn't say anything about this. Jesus is Lord, but other people do this. Who's, who's it going to hurt or offend? This is my time. No one's going to see. No one's going to know. What's it going to matter a year from now? It's no big deal. It doesn't take that much time. It doesn't cost that much. God doesn't love me because of who I am or what I do or don't do. Jesus is, is Lord and Savior, but I'm still young or I'm really old and, and on and on. And we can make excuses and we can begin to wiggle ourselves slowly up onto the throne, even in subtle and small ways. And we can begin doing things in our name and for our name and make excuses. But brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus did not go to the cross. He did not die and rise again and ascend to heaven for you to live for him sometimes. For you to live for him in some things. For you to live as though you were Savior or Lord. For you to disregard him when it's convenient. Even if it's subtle or unintentional. He calls you to bring your whole life under him. Every square inch, every word, every deed, doing everything in the name, his name, that name that is above every name, the Lord Jesus. Everything in his name. Well, third and finally, our verse is not complete yet. As you do everything in his name, you must also in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Look again with me at verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word that's used for giving thanks here, it's one word and it's a present active word. Word, which means that you are to be constantly, continuously giving thanks. This is not a one-time thing. Your life is to be one steady overflow of thanks to God through Jesus in everything that you do. You're not called only to do, you're, you are called not only to do everything in the name of Jesus, but to be thankful to God in everything. Thankfulness is to be a mark of the Christian. All that we have comes from God. We know our utter unworthiness, but we also know the amazing grace of God to us in and through Christ. And so we are thankful in everything. It's no surprise that Paul mentions thankfulness so often, repeatedly here in Colossians, even in some of the verses we read. He says in 1 Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. He says in Ephesians, giving thanks always for everything. Romans 1 speaks of those who knew God but did not honor him and did not give thanks to him. A thanklessness, a lack of thankfulness to God is a sign of spiritual deadness and rebellion. But thankfulness, a constant attitude and frame of heart of grateful love to God, 
is a sign of life. Friends, give thanks in everything. Do you do that? Are you working towards that? Give thanks in everything. Thank God for the food that he gives you each day. Thank God for the the home he's given you. Thank God for your health, your family, your friends, your life, your calling. Thank God for his word, for the gospel, for Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for his power, for his mercy, for his gifts, for all of his attributes. And give thanks even when it's hard in everything. That includes hard times, trials that he uses to grow you. Thank him that he is on the throne. Paul was an example of giving thanks in everything. He overflowed with thankfulness even though he was in prison. He overflowed with thankfulness at times when he was beaten or shipwrecked. Because he saw himself as the chief of sinners and Jesus as a great Savior, as Lord. Thankfulness should be the very air that we breathe as God's people. It's going to be more and more unnatural, though, in this world and in our culture. It's going to stand out in our society. Our society continues to grow more and more materialistic, more and more pagan, more narcissistic more entitled. But the Christian knows that the only thing we are entitled to, the only thing we deserve outside of Christ, is death and judgment. But in the Lord Jesus, we are given everything. We're given life instead of death, blessing instead of curse. And so in everything, the believer gives thanks. Brothers and sisters, is Jesus your Lord and Savior by faith? If so, do everything through him and for him. Give thanks in everything to God through him. Give thanks in everything. Well, I want to close tonight with a, a short story from Luke's gospel. And I want you to just listen and think about who Jesus is and what he's done, and how you respond. This is from Luke 17, verse 11 and following. Just listen to this short story. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. One of them. 
One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Friends, are you that one? If you are in Christ tonight by faith, he has healed you. He has freed you from a far worse disease, the disease of sin. He has conquered sin and death for you as the all-powerful Lord and Savior. He's done it for you even though you are an unclean outcast, a foreigner and an enemy. Will you praise God? Will you come back again and again in everything to fall on your face and give him thanks? I don't think that one leper ever forgot his Savior and Lord. I don't think he ever forgot the amazing gift of Jesus. And I think this outpouring of thanks was only the beginning. All that Jesus did for him would have had a profound effect on everything he did and said for the rest of his life. Brothers and sisters, don't take the gift that Jesus has given to you and walk away and live as your own Lord without thankfulness as one who has not been given everything and made completely new turn back again and again and again remember him in everything always give thanks people of God since Jesus is Savior and Lord Do everything for him and through him and to his name, always giving thanks to God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this word. And we confess, Lord, that so often and in so many ways and so many things, we do not do this. And we ask for your forgiveness. We ask that you would show us where we are living as Lord, where we are living for the self. Lord, lead us in repentance and then conform us to Jesus Christ in everything that we do. And we praise you and thank you that in everything he ever did or said, he always did it with perfect righteousness in your name and to your glory. Lord, we pray that we would live in his righteousness uh, here on earth in everything and whatever we do, uh, working heartily for him, for his glory. Lord, do this uh, not for us, but for, for your name. We do pray this all in that great name of Jesus. Amen.